Welcome back to Owned and Operated, where we dive deep into the businesses we own, the businesses we are acquiring, and we also bring on guests to talk about their operating struggles. If you like what you hear today, follow John and Brandon on Twitter. That's John at Wilson Companies and Brandon at Brandon Nairo. Also, check out our weekly newsletter where we teach you how to be an effective operator. You can sign up by clicking the link in the description of this podcast or by visiting ownedandoperated.com. That's ownedandoperated.com. Check it out. Welcome back to Owned and Operated. What's up, Jack? How's it going, John? Uh, good, good. I'm ready to dive into our new uh, our new format this week. I'm pretty excited about it. Before we dive in, how'd your week go? What'd you get into? Oh gosh, we are in the middle of a huge transition. I know that we talked a little bit about it offline, but oh man, we're, we signed a new lease. So we're finally moving out of those storage units and into uh, some square footage, which will be really nice for some team building activity and kind of centralizing everything. We're switching over to Service Titan, so yeah, yes, we're we're becoming a real real company. We're a real boy now, um, and we hired a comfort consultant, which we're switching models there too. I know we talk about it a lot on Twitter, but realistically, we're getting to a point. I'm getting to a point with the business that we were the old owner's business. We're coming up on that year mark, and now we're becoming my business, which has been great. Honestly, I'm really excited about these changes and I'm excited about this comfort advisor and uh, this summer's getting starting to warm up here. So it's, it's nice. How about yourself? Yeah. I want to say my stuff, but like your stuff's kind of wild just because <laughs> we sat down in like a, like a getting to know you interview what, like a week yeah, right? or two ago. And mm-hmm. like you basically just turned everything over that you told me about. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, realistically, why'd you end up? Why'd you end up swapping locations? I so mean, that's that seemed like a big uh, structural change. Yeah, I mean, so it's actually right next door to where we're located, which has been really nice. I saw the for lease sign, and I noticed kind of all the changes are coming congruently together. Right? It's we're, we're hiring this comfort advisor. We're, we're staffing up, and it's this realization as I'm holding meetings inside storage units, like. We, we're a real business. Let's get our healthcare. Let's, you know, do all the things that we're supposed to do. Um, and, and that's just part of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I'm, I'm pumped for you. Um, yeah. Our new stuff this week, it's sort of similar. Funny that we're on the same vibe here, but we, we signed our lease for our new headquarters. So that's going to be crazy. We, we have to undergo construction. So that's going to take a couple months. We hired a new salesperson in our remediation business, and that is like really like gone up. Like he's doing a great job, so we're pumped. And we survived February, which is always like the worst, (laughs) (laughs) especially when it's like eighty degrees in February. So we're mainly just excited that it's March. (laughs) That's the that's the vibe up in Akron right now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Is uh, does your plumbing business see any kind of um, decline in these these colder months, or is it? just straight across the line, hopefully in the up, up to the right position. Yeah. It sees a decline. Like all of the businesses see a decline. So our HVAC sees the biggest decline. 
because mm-hmm. it's especially warm winter. Yep. And then people get, you know, there's just less volume inside March and April and all that stuff. It's a shoulder season. Plumbing sees a decline, but, you know, HVAC could be like a 50 to a 60% decline. Plumbing could be like 10. But then plumbing will slow down remediation because that's where it gets all its leads. Mm-hmm. And then electric just gets slow because most of our electricians are working on larger models, which construction slows in the winter up here. Yeah, it makes sense. So this is just a slow time for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our, our first quarter is like half of the revenue of any other quarter throughout the year. Yeah, that's about right. I, I said, I was talking to one of the, the staff and I said, I did the numbers and summer, I think the five months of end of spring, early fall, and then all of summer, we make 70, 75% of all the money we make in HVAC in like five months and it's a rush. Yeah. So we're, we're really trying yeah. to push up against that. And yeah. Uh, I would assume it's the same, get in the building, get ready, have all your, your systems in place and yep. then the summer's here. Sweet. Yeah, no, pretty much. I mean, that that's us too. All our profits earned from May to September. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so I know we talked about it in the last episode, uh, but the, the formatting of this is we're going to, you know, we love service businesses. We love, you know, even B2B service, just this trade-oriented physical service sector. And so I think today we, we brought some some fire businesses to, to look over. I'm real excited. All right. So, okay. The business I brought to the table today is called gum busters. So, um, it's, it's silly. It, it's, it's has a great name, but the business is essentially it's when, pr- when I first saw this name, <laughs> Sorry, yeah, when I, when I first saw this name, I was like, you brought a dentist. You brought like a dentist company. <laughs> yeah, right. I brought something. I'm like, what are they doing? You yeah. Know, what, what really surprised me is how big they are. So I found them and I was kind of blown away. They're just, they're a niche pressure washing company. You have pressure washing for residential, for houses. These guys came along and said, hey, there's a need for pressure washing and especially specialty pressure washing in municipalities, playgrounds, stadiums, um, courthouses, you, you know, you name it, kind of these these big commercial um, public spaces. And so they're, they're out in New York and they have the gambit on this entire niche. And it's, it's absolutely incredible. Um, th- I mean, they're doing everything from, from pressure washing. They have huge contracts on the East Coast. They're working with the the New York Giants. I mean, this this talk about like a niche business. All these guys do is is gum gum stickers and you know, I think there was one more gum stickers and graffiti. Yeah. Do you know how many trucks they have, or do you have like an idea of size of this company? I don't have an idea of size, but I was going through their stuff, and and they're pretty open with all of their. Um, they're pretty open with all their, their contracts and everything they're getting. And so, I mean, they're signing contracts with, um, you know, some city parks and, and city squares. And I think that they had something, yeah, they had, it's $7,500 for the initial service and then $4,800 a month for subsequent visits after. So you can imagine they, they probably have, you know, 15, 20 trucks on the road at any time. 
um, to to match this kind of volume. And then the the interesting part yeah. is on, on the back end of this as well. They they also kind of run an e commerce store, which I found really interesting because of they have, you know, um, specialty equipment. Yeah, I'm looking through their website, and they're rolling around these little like, I don't even know what that is. It, so, I guess that's the power washer. Yeah, that thing is tiny. It, it is. And, and ironically enough, um, so when I was working at wineries, we saw these things all the time. It's the same exact equipment that we used to use to pressure wash, uh, steam wash. So it's technically not pressure washing, it's steam washing, but to steam clean uh, tanks, wine tanks, to go in there and make sure that all the stainless steel is clean and everything. And so it's the same exact equipment. They just branded it and then they do maintenance and sales and they have a team that goes around and just steam clean sidewalks. This is wild. Are they only in New York? Uh, I think I saw New York, New Jersey, but uh, that that's really the the area. I haven't. I tried to look to see if they franchised out because I think it would be a great model for franchise is to to go to the big cities, start one of these companies, and um, grab some contracts. But I, I haven't seen them outside. Yeah, are, of, are of they there. doing? Are they? I think when I first read through this, my my quick take was, oh, they're doing like underneath furniture like cafeteria <laughs> stuff but it looks like it's almost all sidewalks and like graffiti it's like brick i wonder if they could expand into like you know school cleanup desk cleanup because you could probably power wash that too every summer or something like that yeah Someone i mean do that i was going through there like i said they, they they post a lot of stuff on on the contracts that they've won with cities and municipalities and um they, they have the yeah. New York Giants, right? They work with them. They work with some high-end hotels to do the sidewalks out front. But I think they also do work with some courtrooms um, and uh, government buildings, schools, things like that. I honestly can't believe how good they got graffiti off. Okay. So so this is like a, – a, it's a yeah, – I'm, I'm really impressed. These pictures are amazing. Okay. So this is – most of their contracts are with municipalities – Mm-hmm. Or maybe individual businesses, but they're they're dealing with big contracts, like you know the New York sports teams, the city. So this is really big. I wonder if you need like an in with one of those cities to get those contracts, or how do you even bid on that stuff? I mean, I assume you you would have an in, um, but it's one of those things where it just compounds over time. You know, it's a need. I could imagine that those stadiums at the end of the year are absolutely filthy. I mean. Popcorn, oh, yeah. beer, yeah. gum. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. And think think about the lifetime value, the LTV on those customers. They're going back every single year. There's no one else I've ever heard of doing, you know, gum steam cleaning. Yeah, yeah. So did, did you did you walk through the pricing and like what what's the economics on this? Yeah, the economics on this are they have two options. For it was like a small to medium sized job. They that's like I said, seventy five hundred initial, and then forty eight. I think it was every month after that, forty eight hundred a month. So I mean, if you're looking at that, that's oh gosh, um, almost a hundred thousand per year for a little yeah. under that per customer. And I mean, two guys, a truck, and maybe a couple days. So labor on this, that's really all you're buying is labor or all your expending, your expenditures are, you know, your truck, 
your labor and then this machine and, and maintenance on this machine. That's the other side to it is so like I was saying, they have an e-com sign too, which is really cool. Um, so if you didn't want to to pay for that service, you know, you could buy your own. You ha- they, they sell them on their website. And so they, like they have a... Like yeah, I'm if, looking at it. 6,000 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> this is sweet. So if you had some maintenance guys, right, if you're if you're, you run the, the maintenance program for some kind of uh, city or something, you know, you, you could realistically, I think it said all in, it was 1700 or excuse me, 17,000. Um, it's only 6,000, 8,000 bucks for the unit, but you have bristles and then there's about $10,000 in, in consumables every six months or so. And I mean, it's a, that's a huge win for them. They, so they, is there something on their website where they like talk you through how to start up one of these? Uh, I think it comes with training. So they'll, they'll give you some training on it. I mean, realistically, it's a it's a pretty easy process if for, for running it. It's a hook up to water, go, press the green button. <laughs> um, but it, it, where it comes down to yeah. the difficulties in the maintenance side, right? Because you... You hook up to city water or whatever, which you kind of have to. You can't really use distilled, and you're running into hard water that's uh, you know getting evaporated and leaving behind mineral deposits. So someone has to go through there and clean that every every couple months. And so they sell one of these things, and then you're stuck with them. Outside of Napa Valley or any kind of winery district, there's really not too many places that service these things. This is wild. I'm trying to think of who would be a good like use case for this, you know, maybe somebody already running, someone already running a power washing business. Seems like that'd make sense. Cleaning, landscaping. I don't know. Like who, who else could add this on as like a, a vertical for what they're doing? That's a good question. I mean, I, if it was me and I had the team that was already at power washing graffiti and already power washing, um, kind of had a large power washing division for any kind of commercial application that's where i would start that's who should grab one of these and, and add it you know seventeen thousand dollars a year um that's a few big contracts right apparently that's two <laughs> one or mm-hmm. two big contracts and and that roi yes yeah, yeah so if you already had you know if you're already power washing parking lots for you know gas stations and in la or something that i would definitely pick up one of these and, and give it a go just yeah, I'm, I'm into this. Yeah. I think this is pretty cool. Awesome. Would you I'm buy trying it? to figure out <laughs> where they... I think I would... If I had a power washing business or like a landscaping business, like, yeah, I think I would. I, I think it's interesting. I think if you... Like power washing, the hardest part with power washing is the just the intense seasonality. And if you can handle inside stuff or like... Like, the, you know, they're doing basketball and football into the winter. And if you can run contracts throughout the winter, that's a big deal. Like you can keep your guys working. You don't have to do layoffs. I'm seeing this as like our labor retention tool, a way to get revenue in the winter. If for any hyper seasonal business, like up here in Ohio landscaping, you know, someone that deals with a ton of commercial landscaping, this would be a sweet add on. You already have the customers. You already have that funnel built. And all of your guys get laid off in the winter, except for the two or three guys that are doing snow plowing. And if we have a winter like what we just had, where it was 70 degrees in February, there's no snow to plow. So then they end up getting laid off anyways. So this would be uh, this would be cool. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's where the hardest part of this is, is it comes down to finding those contracts, right? Having those ins with, you know, the head of maintenance yeah. at, at the New York Giants Stadium or the head of maintenance for the Ritz-Carlton Hotel in, in whatever city you're in. And that, that's where it's at. It, it's really yeah. a, a networking play. And then if you have the labor already, it's a, it's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. It is cool. Some of these businesses, that, I think um, – Rand runs a cool business where he only needs like eight to 11 uh, customers, which on one hand, like if you're building something to scale, that's, that's like not great. You know, that's, that's kind of hard, but like, if it's just you and you're running a, a tight team, that's sweet. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It, it's easy. Whereas I feel like these contracts are so big, you only need like five and you're good to go. Yeah. The, the customer concentration, like, like I said, if you have it already, I mean, that's where it's at. Just it's, mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking about it. There, I, I know we, we almost bought an HVAC company that that only did service at schools and, and um, hospitals and um, churches. And I'm thinking, man, if, if I if I had that one, this would be a great add on. You know, you walk through with the, the maintenance manager all the time and you just say, hey, you know, I see that you guys got quite a bit of buildup of gum. We'll come once a year and do this for you for 10K and then. If you had 20 customers, 30 yeah. customers, you're, you're already there. Yeah. Sweet. No, I, I'm into it. I think for the right, I think it'd be hard on its own until you got to like scale. That's probably the same with any business, but I, I see this as a sweet little add on for somebody. Yeah. All right. Well, what did, uh, what'd you bring? Cool. All right. Yeah. So what I brought today, um, I brought a, a drain franchise. Uh, I don't think it's any secret I love drain businesses. Like my first three on this show are going to be some variation <laughs> of a drain business. <laughs> like uh, I, I've got one that's a municipality, like a municipality drain business where mm-hmm. you go around and you you inspect sewer manholes for twenty five hundred bucks a pop, and you just do that every day. <laughs> so, oh my god! So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pumped about I'm pumped about some of these uh, some of these services. Uh, but today we're just going to like start at the top of the funnel with entry into drains. All right. So the, the franchise I brought today is the zoom drain franchise business. I think they started back in 2017 and they're somewhere around hundred to 125 units right now. I don't, I'm not normally into like most franchises in home services. I think they're kind of like, they don't hit, but this one is, is pretty cool to me. I, I should be charging them like a commission or something. But, right. Uh, uh, but this one's sweet. When you say so, 125 units, you mean 125 like individual locations that are already sold out to, to people? Yeah. they So they started in like, I think it was 2017. They took three or four years and they got up to 15 or 20 units. And then they signed up with a PE firm. And then they just, they ramped. They ramped right up. Um but it's a really interesting concept because they one it's exclusively drains which is a big deal if you're looking at the other home service like plumbing hvac franchises you know it's like a rotor rooter or a mr rooter or a benjamin franklin the punctual plumber or something like that where it's plumbing and drains so this this is one of the only ones that i know of that is just drains and that makes it, in my mind, way more attractive because they are open to you 
tucking this into your business. So a buddy of mine, uh, Rick Vaza, is doing this. Um, I think he announced it on Twitter a couple months ago. I don't remember when his location opens up, but he he has a plumbing company in uh, San Diego, and they are they bought a Zoom franchise and they're going to have that running outside of that plumbing division. So I I don't know. I think that's sweet in general. You get easier lead flow. You get all that stuff. If you talk to any of the other franchises, they're going to force you to convert your entire business over. Mm-hmm. Whereas Zoom is meant to be an add-on, like they're meant to accent the other parts of your business, which I think is really cool. What does startup um, on one of those look like in, in terms of like, right? So when I think about, um, yeah, what, what's the benefit of going with Zoom versus going with just buying a, a van? And because it's not an overly asset-heavy business, right? Drains are okay. So you know when you think of plumbing and HVAC. Those are fairly asset light. Like you need a vehicle and a guy, and maybe ten grand of tools. Is not the case with drains. Drains is a it's an asset heavy business. So our drain business, like I think we have two point one in assets. That's drain machines, drain trucks, jetters, septic pumpers, excavation equipment, dump trucks. There's a lot going on uh, with drains. But uh, EBITDA is usually 20 to 30%. So a lot of assets, a lot of EBITDA. Mm-hmm. That's the best uh, kind. So <laughs> I'm usually pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was always um, – drains really is like who has the asset. Like I'll dive further into this exact model, but this is just why I find drains so interesting. It, it's a who has the asset. There's no licensure – problem with drains anybody can go drill a drain and that's like i don't know a state maybe there is one so somebody correct me if i'm wrong but that's one of the cool things about this service is you don't need licensing if you're doing septic pumping you might need to go get a septic pumping license but that's an online test that you can take in 45 minutes (laughs) and it's open book so i i did it and i you know passed it first time it was great i'd never opened the book prior to that but drains we we got into we started getting more and more into drains a few years ago because we were we had these contractor or these customers that we kept having to serve and we didn't have the equipment to do it because it's a super asset heavy thing like we would mm-hmm. need a a jetter which is 60 grand or once a month we would need to pump something out and those pumpers are $200,000 this one's off the beaten path but it's a topic I'm going to bring up but well drilling it's sort of the same concept. Oh. It's whoever's got the asset has a big moat. Yeah. Because, you know, if, if you paid $500,000 for the well drilling equipment, there's only going to be one or two of you in your city that have that mm-hmm. equipment. So, like, you're just going to always be busy because who else is going to pay for it? So, yeah, pumping is the same thing. Well drilling. I love well drilling. It's I really <laughs> yeah. good buddies back in oh, California well, well who actually great. did a well drilling. And, oh, my gosh, it's a beautiful business. Assets, yeah. like you said, are crazy. But the... The actual numbers yeah. behind it are are wonderful. Um, so, but with yeah. pumping, so no license yeah. needed. What what does Zoom bring? Just as a as a, I mean, we're, we're talking about the the financials and the model in general is a great model. But Zoom in particular, uh, have you seen what they bring to the table, or or in terms of why would you go Zoom if if you were going to go and wanting to starting a drain business versus 
just tucking in, you know, buying the $50,000 truck, buying the $50,000 jetter and start doing drains. Yeah. I think the model is pretty straightforward. If we've gone back and forth about whether or not we would launch our own drain business or just go zoom. And I think it's a split for us, but I also think that we're unique because we already do four or $5 million of drains. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I was the average bear, I I'm probably not doing that. <laughs> so if I was looking for sort of easy access into a no license business that has high margins, then I would probably do Zoom. I have a friend that like Rick just bought one out in San Diego. I have another friend that just bought three down in uh, the Carolinas. Mm -hmm. This is his first attack at drains. He's an experienced franchisor. He has 30 or 35 other franchise units mm -hmm. in services, but none of them are home services. Uh, so this is his first take at that. I think it's a great fit for that type of thing. All right. So drain business in general, I, I think that's the, I don't know. that. So that's why I think Zoom is good. As far as drain business in general, it, it's like any other home service. You can probably compare it to HVAC where it's, you go out, it's 75 to a hundred bucks or, you know, cost to send somebody on a job to like clean a drain. And then, one in 10 turns into a replacement or two in 10 turns into a replacement. And then maybe another one or two in 10 turn into larger repairs. Maybe you're doing a camera or you're doing a spot repair or you're doing nearly anything else inside that drain system. So there's a, I I've always loved the sales cycle of drains because you can just go out, you do something dirty that people don't want to do. And then once you get in that home to clean that drain or that business to clean that drain, there's there's like 10 different ways you can upsell that product and it's still like a very high margin service. You're hardly ever selling equipment. Even if you're selling a new drain, you're still selling a very high margin service. At that point, do you cross over into that territory though where you do need a license? It becomes plumbing when you're replacing drains, correct? It depends on the municipality. Yeah. Sometimes you just need what's called a sewer builder's license. Okay which you can just go apply for. So there's plenty of excavation companies that replace sewers every day and they're not plumbers. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. I mean, that, that's super interesting to me. I think that's a great business. I've always loved drains um, in general as well. And if, if it's really just right, cause you walk into a home, like you're saying, there's 10 different ways to go, but I'm, I'm the perfect example of, of a, on the buy side of the customer is if you walked into my home, cleared out my drain said, Hey, I cammed your drain and man, you're going to, it's going to stop, but it's going to stop up again. I can see all this crud in there and your, your main line is all backed up. Like, Hey, you need to, to get mm -hmm. a full jetting. You would upsell me in a second. I mean, realistically, yeah. back, back when we we're doing winery work, man, it, you could, we used to have a camera. We used to have a jetter. We used to do all this stuff ourselves and, and yeah. you could get into those lines. And I mean, there's such a great visual there for the sale. Yeah. And I, I think what I, what I like about it versus like a, an HVAC, like with an with HVAC, you go in uh, plumbing too, I guess, but you go in and the big upsell is the unit and that's the same in drains, but there's still a lot of profitable things in between the drain cleaning and the sewer replacement, like, like what you just said, a jetter, a camera, a spot repair. And then even when you're doing replacements, you can do liners, you can do 
pumps you can do with anything there, there's all these different variations that you can take it and it's sort of just like honestly it, it, it's mainly a capital constraint because mm-hmm. it is such an a- asset heavy business like you can do any of these things if you're willing to invest in the equipment to do it and then once you're willing to invest in the equipment to do it you sort of start building your own lead flow this is more specialized into septic but i think mark his name's mark galezzi yeah but, you know, he bought two pumpers. He's on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And he started getting more leaf flow just because he has those pumpers. It's sort of the same thing in, in drains if you have the excavation equipment or if you have, like, the sewer lining equipment. That's $300,000. What what starts happening is contractors start subbing I was just going to ask, did you, you, actually, did you sub you out become a that? partial – yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. And and when we didn't have that stuff, we used to sub out to it as well. So we would say, hey, we, we don't have the jetter. Can you jet this for us? And, you know – We'll pay you your rate. We'll upcharge a hundred bucks or something, or we don't have a pumper or we don't have a lining equipment. So you end up building this book of business with other people's customers. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of funny. <laughs> right. Um, so for, for someone listening to this, who's maybe, you know, they're, they're, they're searching for their first business, um, trying to figure this whole sector out. Maybe, you know, they said, Jack, we, we don't want to do gum. Gum, you know, we don't have those contracts. We don't have the uh, the connections. Is drains right for them? I think so. I mean, <laughs> you asked me if I would buy gum busters. Would you buy? Would you buy a drain franchise? Yes, hundred percent. So, I mean, we, the the connection between HVAC and plumbing is is a you know it's a no brainer. It's it's the way we move it. It's in the back of my mind pretty much twenty four seven. Starting plumbing, but kind of in. To that, a soft start is this drain side is saying, hey, we're not going to go HVAC plumbing. We're going to go HVAC drains plumbing. So yeah. it, it's it's definitely, it's there. And, and I'm, I'm curious as to what, what, the, what Zoom has as a benefit to, you know, other small businesses versus just going out and doing it myself other than, you know, they, they probably have what, where's the upsells, how to do it. Here's the trucks you need. Here's the the marketing material, which is all great. Um, but I, I just wonder the balance of just going out there, like like you said, buying buying a pumper or buying a jetter or buying a truck and, and getting some guys out there to do it. I, again, I think I'm a bad example. We bought our drain business when it was about two million in revenue, and we and we grew it. I think for most drain businesses, it is very uncommon to see a drain business that size even 2 million in revenue. It just doesn't happen a lot. And I'll see a lot of them at like one, one and a half. But when I see something over two or 3 million, I usually want to buy it on the spot because it's un it's uncommon and it takes a ton of lead flow to get to that size. And they usually don't have a good sales process to convert to sewer replacements. So if it's two or 3 million, it's probably a four or $6 million company like waiting to be, enhanced Mm -hmm. all of that to say i think that's the value add here is it's tough to just start a drain business and know where to go with it it's so asset heavy assets are the assets are the constraint in this business and if you make a mistake of buying the wrong asset Mm -hmm. or not knowing how to get lead flow or not maximizing that asset then you just burnt a quarter of a million dollars really quick and i think that for somebody just starting off like I get that franchise buy-in fees are a pain and royalties are a pain, um, but it's a network of 
20 other operators that have already done it. And to me, that seems like a no brainer. Uh, I'm with, I'm um, like we've, there. I have spent a quarter of a million dollars in the wrong way in our drain business. And like, I've been doing this for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> like we, we've made, mis- we've made Ugh. like mistakes to the tune of a couple hundred grand on assets and we buy it and we're like, Hey, that, that might not have been the right asset to buy. Like maybe it, you know, it didn't have this specific specification or, or this piece of excavation equipment was a hair too big or, or whatever it was. And, and you have to like to get a drain business to five, seven, mm-hmm. $10 million. Like all you're doing is buying millions of dollars of assets because that's what it takes to do it. So there's a lot of chances to mess that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's, uh, that's definitely risky. And just putting it out there, I'm not against franchises whatsoever at all. I'm just curious, um, as to what zoom is in particular, but, um, I mean, I'm in, yeah. I'm in and we probably will. I, I think the big, I think the big value add. Yeah, you should. Yeah, like I, after, <laughs> after HVAC, is, I think the is big value set. add. Yeah. Will it ever be set? <laughs> the time is now. <laughs> um, oh. I, I, I do think one of the, one of the most interesting parts of the, of this thing is it's meant to be an add on business. Uh, and there, I, I talked to them on the phone cause we, we started going through the process a little bit and they're a few of their most successful franchisees have a, a plumbing or an HVAC business or an electric business that this is tucked onto. And they were able to cycle customers and leads off of that. Mm-hmm. And that's how they got so big so fast. And it, it becomes a, you know, our, our drain business is our most profitable business unit by a long shot. So I can see that being a pretty big value add for, for someone that has another, another business in the space. Awesome. Well, I'm in. Sweet. So, so, uh, I mean, from here, we'd love to hear from you guys. I I know John and you and I talked about this before, uh, businesses you want us to dig on, dig through, figure out, take a look. This is kind of a new segment. So we're just trying to find our way through what's interesting. What's not, are you guys liking this? Blow us up on Twitter, especially John. Send him lots of DMs on what, what you like and what you don't like about this episode. Yes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we'll go from there. Great. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.